Let's face it, at some point in our careers, we've all hit the career frustration wall. It's because we care. It's because we want to grow. We want to do something different. So let's talk about issues, ways to refocus, and decide, is it time to just grow or is it time to really go? It's time for the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stress, and I know whether you're starting a small business, you're a solopreneur, or a leader in a large company, you need to collaborate with people. I want to help you make those collaborations fulfilling, productive, and as profitable as possible. So every Monday morning, we'll drop a new podcast episode to do just that. So let's get into today's discussion. Welcome back to another episode of Leadership Lifestyle. I am so excited. Summer is kicking in and vacations are coming up and we're going to do a little bit of traveling and we're going to visit who we now call 101. That'll be my grandmother who is turning 101 on July 4th and that'll be a lot of fun. So I hope you are planning something that kind of tunes you out from work a little bit, which kind of talks about our subject here today of hitting the career frustration wall. And I think we all have been there because if you're listening to a podcast or multiple podcasts about leadership and things like that, then you are probably the type of person that is continually growing, continually wanting more to to develop. And a lot of times you're either doing that in the wrong place or it's just not happening fast enough. And it's really hard to see um, the time you have to invest over what you want to become. And it happens just about, it happens to just about everyone that desires more. That's one of the key ingredients that you are desiring to grow, to learn more. And are you in a place, in a company, in, in, in a job where there is further development as a normal thing? Or do, if you, in your industry, are you going to have to do a tremendous amount of job hopping to make that happen? And then how do you convince people you don't know as you job hop that you actually are able to to do more than you, than what they see on the surface but you're frustrated because you care you care about yourself your new development but you care about what your company's doing what you're producing what your team is focused on that's why you're frustrated when you can't get where you want to go um, maybe your environment is just not set up for success uh, of that they just want you to produce X number of widgets per day and keep your head down and all that kind of thing but even in an environment where there is a succession planning strategy that it's very purposeful. It always feels like um, it's not fast enough. I can tell you that a couple of levels that I've achieved over the, the past few years, I, I knew I was going in the right direction, but I didn't know when they were coming. And that's what I always tell people who are who are striving for more, who are trying to get promoted, try to become a, a higher level leader, is that you can never put a timestamp on it. You can't say, hey, by next September, this better happen or six months, or you give yourself a, a finite amount of time, you know, all you can do is just prepare and get ready. I'll never forget a quote from a racing legend, Richard Petty, who said, you can't expect to win every Sunday, but you sure can put yourself in contention to win every Sunday. And doing that is more likely to lead to wins, of course. And that makes total sense. But um, let's get one thing straight here. Your integrity does not care about your resume. You, so in other words, you can't just 
accomplish a bunch of stuff and not think there's some kind of brand that goes with that. Your integrity doesn't care what you've done. Your integrity doesn't care uh, what job you have, what you do, uh, what you don't do. It only knows how you do it. So when you think about things like you're so frustrated and you're like, I, I, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. This place can't live without me. You know, I've often talked in other podcasts about that one high producing worker a lot of times is the one that's creating the, the, the absolute most drama on your entire team. But you're so afraid to take action. Well, now here you are developing your career. You want to be a leader. You want to move forward. Things aren't happening. And you're you're almost thinking the same thing that if I'm not here, um, it's all going to go to hell or never going to make it, all that kind of stuff. Or maybe you're thinking the opposite, which a lot of people do think that, you know, what is the point? Because I can be replaced in 24 hours. Now, I've got a kind of different spin on that last one. Because when you're talking about striving for more, it's talking about being unique and having your own brand. Yeah, being replaced, hopefully, because you're going to a higher level, you're being replaced. But when you when you talk about that they could replace me in 24 hours and that's horrible, is it really? Now, now just stick with me here for a second. Because I've often talked about, you know, your leadership level, you're, you're not really truly effective until you get to a point where your team doesn't need you anymore. So in that sense, you should be replaceable, that the team does have it, that whatever business unit you're leading or whatever part of the company or the company that behind you, you're developing that next person. You, in a sense, your leadership is such that you're replacing yourself to get ready for more things. So don't go down that road of this place is going to just go to hell if I leave and they're going to struggle and all those kinds of different things. Because if you already think that, you're probably not leading as effectively as you need to. And you really need to change your thinking of you should be replaceable. Your team should be able to step up. Your team should have it. And when you are replaced, that should be because you're going to bigger and better things that you've made those investments. Which kind of leads me to another thought, uh, what I call um, a duality of leadership within the same organization. It's like, why do we lead leaders differently than people who aren't leaders? I mean, I get it. They have um, a lot more responsibility and, and you know they're supposed to keep the trains running on time and, and they should display a little bit more ownership in the operation. I get all that. But uh, leaders are human beings. We're all motivated by the same things. The same thing that you as a leader are planning on to motivate your team about showing them how they're winning or showing them how they matter. Oftentimes we don't do that with, with other leaders. And then we wonder why they're frustrated and they want to go somewhere else or work for somebody else or do other things because we never really realize they're motivated by the same things. We just got to talk about different things. So they, we're rewarding them based on how the team is developing, based on how the team is winning and all that. And we just, it's almost like a tough love thing. Oh, you're a manager, you're a leader. So you don't need feedback. You don't need reassurance. You don't need the same thing you're giving everybody else because you're a manager and you should just be that way or be tougher or whatever you want to call it. But there's this duality of leadership I see in organizations all the time. And it's just like, man, if you would just wake up and realize your managers are human and they respond to the same kind of feedback and recognition, succession planning and things like that. And that's another 
thing when it comes to leadership. It's almost like once you're in leadership, well, succession planning should be almost automatic that, um, well, of course you just want to move up or of course you should want to move up. But then nobody's taking the time to reach down and say, here's the path. Here's what you should be doing. Here's how I can help develop you. Like we did with people who aren't in leadership because we're, we're trying to get them in their first phase of leadership. So we think they need a whole lot more to get there. And that is one of the very hardest things to become is your initial level of leadership. Because the fact of the matter is leadership is never taught enough and it's never taught early enough. But people need that all the way up the food chain, not just the lower level. So with all that said, did you truly identify your career frustration? So you hit that wall. You are just, you're feeling unmotivated. You're feeling like you're not getting anywhere. You're not going to go anywhere. But have you really identified what that frustration is? Are you in the wrong place? meaning wrong company, wrong team, wrong profession, um, wrong environment, wrong culture. There's going to be a whole host of things. Maybe you haven't even communicated with people above you and, and given them the opportunity to recognize the fact that you're A, you're frustrated and B, you feel like you can't get anywhere and maybe they can show you the path because there's so many things going on. Even in the best of companies, I still tell people, you've got to tell them you want more. You got to say, show me the path, show me the way. You can't just expect that there's always going to be this hand coming down to get you. And I know I just, I realize I just said there should be, but the fact of the matter is uh, whatever metaphor you want to call it, when you unlock the doors in the morning, it's on. Business is running. Things need to be, things need to get done. And, uh, you know, there's rarely time cut out specifically for that until a group of frustration starts happening. Then all of a sudden, um, oh, it's a priority. And so don't wait. You know, you got to identify the exact frustrations that you're having and determine what's causing that, what's driving that before you can even think about what changes you need to make and go on in that direction. So let's move on to refocusing the second part of if you are frustrated, well, how are you going to refocus yourself? Because you got to understand what are you telling yourself? Because that's the ultimate thing that's really, really driving your frustration. If you, because the thing is, if you have talked um, to your leadership team, maybe you can't, I don't know, maybe there's not a culture where you're at where that's okay. But, you know, in the void of good, true information, negativity always fills that void. Always. So, you know, you talk about work frustrations, you're not talking about it, you're not getting the answers you want, you're not getting any resolution. Well, you're going to naturally think two things, either either the environment, the company is bad, or you are, that you're ineffective, that nobody wants to take the time to help you. What are you telling yourself? And you think of the movie Snow White, where mirror, mirror on the wall, you know, she didn't realize that she was that horrible, or there was somebody else so much more awesome than her until she asked the mirror, instead of just focusing in on herself. And, and looking inward at what she could just be doing to be fine with herself. And so it was about more about what, what are you telling yourself than really trying to discover what really is and, and have those conversations and do those kinds of things. So one of the things you definitely don't want to do in this phrase drives me batty. It's the fake it till you make it. Please don't do that. Please don't fake it. I hate the term fake it. There is a big huge difference between when you say fake it till you make it or you say, no, I'm going to be like I want to be for the position that I want. In other words, when I'm outwardly building my brand, how do I want people to see me? That's not fake. That's real. So if you're talking about becoming a leader, even if you aren't, um, or you're not at the level you want to be, well, you should already be thinking like that person or that position and acting that way and not 
faking it till you make it. Because when you fake it, I promise you, people will detect that. People will see that. People will tune out from that. They will see that you're not super serious. Is that it's really all about you. That you know, when you're not looking, there's nothing that higher level leaders love more than lower level leaders that have a global perspective on what needs to get done and not just what's in their own circle of influence, so to speak. Even though that's where you need to work and need to spend your time, they do love and appreciate when you're seeing the bigger picture. And a lot of times that's one of the biggest drivers of our frustration because sometimes the big picture doesn't align with your circle. And so if you are trying to grow, if you're trying to make things happen, a lot of times those two things conflict and it's it's very hard to come out of. So thinking about faking it till you make it, right? So you think about this old saying that it takes, hey, it takes 43 muscles to frown, but only 17 to smile. So you should be smiling more often. Um, Well, actually new research has come out and actually determined that it takes 12 muscles to smile and 11 to frown. So it's almost dead even. So now we're thinking, okay, well, if it's dead even, you got to choice here. In other words, one isn't harder to do than the other or takes more energy. So what are you going to decide? How are you going to be? Because the other thing is, and the easiest road is that no emotions, neither smiling nor frowning takes absolutely zero. Your face is just a face of stone. You have no emotion whatsoever. Well, that takes absolutely no muscles to do. So obviously if you do that, really hard to lead a team, really hard to grow yourself, really hard to build a brand and convince people that you should be doing more for sure if you're acting like that. So that brings us back to the smiling and frowning, which is virtually even. So what should you do more? Because everything in life really, and I know you've heard this a zillion times, is not really what happens to you. It's how you respond to it, how you deal with things. And particularly if you're a leader and you don't expect problems or conflict or issues, you're not really leading anything. And I don't mean that as a, as a you know, I'm not trying to degrade anyone or say, hey, maybe your team is just really at a high level and operating at a high level. But even with that, you know, there's no mediocrity in a championship locker room. I guarantee you there is more pressure and more accountability in a locker room where the team is winning all the time than where a team is losing all the time. So there's more to be done there. So if you're not expecting problems, if you're not handling those, knowing they're coming and how you respond to them, you're not really leading that much. You're, you're just kind of going with the flow. So, you know, I was the other day, I was playing with my uh, my cell phone because I'd added a, a couple of new apps and I was doing something and one of the apps was really, like, really draining my battery. I kept getting this constant warning to turn it off. So I would always go to that device care section that would automatically shut down apps in the background and all that kind of thing. And right above that, I'd never noticed it before. It's a digital well-being. And I so I clicked on it and I kind of figured what it was, but it is what I thought it was. And it's really about how much time you're spending on your phone, how much time you're on your apps, how many times you log it in. It like tracks all of that stuff. And here I'm thinking this device is to do that, to use apps, to communicate, to be on. And it's sitting here telling you, hey, you're, you're spending too much time here. Put me down. And I kind of equate that to when you think about your your career frustrations, how much time are you giving those things that really lead to your frustration? How much energy are you spending worrying about things? Or like I said earlier, you don't have any information or direction. I promise you negative thoughts will fill that void. And one of the things I like to do, like I said, I expect issues to happen, something to go wrong. Not that it does every day. Certainly it doesn't, but I'm not shocked by it when it does um, because 
there's things in motion, things happening. So I have this little phrase that I call not one more minute, not one more penny. In other words, I kind of put a price tag on the problem of how much time I'm going to spend dealing with it. And, or if I actually have to spend money to deal with it, how much am I going to spend or how much is it going to cost? But not a penny more and not a minute. Because what I see all the time is the problems in your operation or the problems with the people who work on your team get all the attention, get all the, uh, you know, we're, or we change what we do because we don't want to get them fired up or riled up. Uh, we want to, all of that. And what are we doing? So you have to decide whether it's things that are going on in your operation or with your frustration in your career, how much time and money do you want to give to that problem? Think about you know the, the game show, The Price is Right, toward the end when they have the showcase showdown, you can underbid all you want, but if you overbid it all, you're out. Even if you're closer, like way closer than the person that bid on the other one, you're out. And that's what you have to do because as a leader, again, you have to expect issues and how you're going to deal with them, how much time you're going to give them, how much energy, how much money. Because here's the thing, you cannot be in two places at once. So when you're constantly dealing with problems and worried about them and, and have anxiety over them and just like, oh man, I, I got to deal with this again and again and again and all of that, what you're not doing is focusing on the great stuff in your operation. And I promise you, there probably is a lot more good stuff going on than bad stuff. But so often we get so wrapped up in the bad and we give it way much more time and money than it deserves that we we miss all the good stuff or miss a good chunk of the good stuff. And I promise you, your team sees that. Your team sees where you're spending your time. That troubled person on the team or why don't we just make a decision or, or whatever the problem is. And pretty soon they kind of start tuning out a little bit. One of the other things you can do is start setting up what I call mental gap stations. When you think about getting from one point to another, you're taking a long road trip on the interstate and uh, you got to stop every so often and fuel up the car. And I used to joke when we, we'd take a, a road trip across a couple different states to get to where we're going. You know, my kids would say, well, where, where are we going? I say, you know, when the car needs fuel, you can get fuel. I, but I wasn't that bad. But I think about road trips on the past that I took and it pretty much was how fast can we stop, fuel up, eat at some fast food thing. Sometimes I'd gas up and go to the just the drive-through window of the fast food place just so we can eat on the road so we're not sitting there long enough because sure enough and this is probably I would assume a predominantly a guy thing because you get to the other end and you're talking to another guy so well, what time did you leave and I, oh you made pretty good time oh this and that but but it's really about the trip. And now when we take road trips and in the past couple of years, I've kind of chilled out quite a bit. I don't want to eat in fast food restaurants. I want to sit down at a, a little bit nicer restaurant and be served and relax. And if I get there in 10 hours, fine. If I get there in 12 hours, that's also fine. But when you think about setting up mental gas stations for work for you or your team, how many times have you just gone through the motions of the quarter or even half a year? And there's really no sense of are we winning or losing? Are we making a difference? Do we matter? Or it just has to get done. So we're cranking out a bunch of work. But does this stuff matter? How does it equate to the, how does the company run without those things happening? What kind of true impact are you making? And if you don't know those things, well, guess what? Like I've said this whole podcast, when you don't have that information, negativity and misinformation always fills that void. So if you want to stay motivated, even yourself or particularly your team, and if you're a leader, you've got to do this, is what I call set up mental gas stations. So when you think about, we talk about strategy, we talk about daily behaviors that drive the team forward, right? What can you, what information can you give them to validate that they're going in the right direction, that 
they're actually accomplishing things. You're giving them more fuel to know they, they're going to keep going. They're going to keep winning. They're going to keep rowing the boat in the right direction because they do see that they make an impact, that they matter, that they're winning, that, that the, the team makes things happen that drives the company forward. So you want to set up what I call mental gas station because as well, the reason I call them that is because they have mental fuel as work occurs week in, week out. And when there's nothing there, and I don't mean like an empty, oh, great job team. I mean, you got to be specific, just like any kind of recognition, but their, their mind drains, their mentality drains over time. It's like you work on an assembly line all day long and you're, you're not told anything. You see product come and go, you see things change, you know, you did something, but did it matter? And so it's draining. So how do you fill that mental tank back up? You got to give them that positive information and say, hey, what you guys are doing every single day, your daily behaviors and decisions, it's working. Here's what we need to do is keep doing a lot of these things. So let's get into, is it time to grow? Which hopefully it always is, but is it time to go? Because you can grow in what you're doing, but sometimes you're just in the wrong place. You're on the wrong team. You're in the wrong career. And maybe it is time to go. But before you decide that, let's let's figure out a couple of things here. Number one, when you talk about refocusing yourself in who you are, who you're trying to be, even if you're frustrated with your career, remember you're, you are, you know, so many people often talk about brand building and it's true, even if you're not intentionally brand building, right? But every time you show up to something, you're contributing to what people see you as. And that's brand building. So confidence doesn't need an announcement. When you are focused on who you want to be, even if the whole world around you, the company has got a big lack of culture, your team has a big lack of culture, you still get to be you. You still get to decide who you're going to be. And confidence does not need an announcement. Just like when I was talking earlier that when you're the leader, you don't need to tell people. They already know you're in charge. You don't need to make an announcement. They get it. They know it. So when you're trying to convince people what you care about, what you focus on, that's about confidence in doing those things. And if you if you have that, they already know it. They already see what you're doing. You don't have to make an announcement to do that. And one of the things, if you're not going to leave where you are, you know, you're going to stay. It's not as bad. You just kind of wish a couple of things would change. And you like you really love the company you work in, but maybe your little piece of it isn't doing the things you want to do. Your career's not growing, but you don't want to leave. And that's that's fine. That's that's probably pretty normal for most people. You got to grow your non-work related brain. So many studies show if you really want to grow your brain, you got to do different things you're not used to. Some of it's as simple as if you're right-handed, put the fork in your left hand, see, see how you do. Probably not going to do very well, but it, it does something to your brain. Or if you're a creative type person and work, obviously, maybe you work in a job that's not really creative driven, well, do things outside of work that are creative driven. You can find time. And I'm talking, don't tell me you can't find 10 or 20 minutes a day or two or three times a week that you can't find that. You can find that. You may say you can't, you know, whether you're married, have kids, you got other things going on. I promise you, you can find it if you plan it out. If you really sat down and looked at what you do every single day, even the, the, the veg out, you know, Netflix marathons, all of it, whatever it is, you can find that time. But grow your non work related brain with things that really stretch you and 
and grow you something new, things that don't have anything to do with what you do for a living. That will, it's funny when you do that, all of a sudden you notice you're a little different at work. You start looking at things a little differently and you feel like you're you're more of a whole person when you're doing things like that and discovering what is out there. Another thing you can do is study the masters and having non-official mentors. And these can be people who you've never even met, but are accomplishing some of the things you'd like to accomplish. And in today's day and age of YouTube and the internet and everything, it's it's so easy to get free stuff or, or watch videos on people or, or even connect with them through Instagram or Facebook or, or you know, just different social media platforms, LinkedIn. Not that you're going to become their, their buddy or anything like that, their best friend, but you can certainly trade ideas. You certainly can make comments on their posts and have them respond back to you and, and really do some of those things. In other words, you're kind of digitally surrounding yourself with people that will make you different. Just like that old saying that show me three of your friends and I'll show you you, like who you hang out with all the time. That's where your mentality goes, right? Well, you can do the same thing on a digital level. Maybe you have great mentors at work, but even if you don't, you still can kind of make that happen. Whether you're listening to a podcast like this or connecting with them online somewhere else, or even if you don't actually connect with them, you just kind of follow them and listen to their advice. You can grow that way. There's really an infinite amount of things you can do. So anybody who's like really listened to this and they're frustrated and they're just stuck and they say there's nothing they can do, you're not really trying to solve your problem. There's just too much out there that can help you do that. And you got to start committing to yourself, kind of start doing the opposite of what I said when it comes to problems. And I said, not one more minute, not one more penny. Well, when it comes to solutions, it's the other direction. How much time are you going to give it? How much pennies are you going to give to it? The more, the better. So when you think about problems, it's no more than it deserves. When you think about solutions, it's everything it deserves. And you've got a lot of options to go do that. So let's say you're deciding to go. You're going to change careers, change companies, do something completely different. I got a couple of things I got to ask you and you got to answer because it's so easy to just be frustrated and not make great decisions while you're doing that. So the very first thing... I want to ask you is if everything was the way you wanted it, if it was all in alignment, all these, like not every frustration, but all the major ones were gone. Like the the right environment was there. Would you still go? Because the problem is, are those roadblocks, those frustration roadblocks, are they true or not? Are they solvable? Are they workable? If you just had certain conversations with certain people that if some of these things were out of the way, maybe you, eh, maybe you would stay. Or maybe, like I said earlier, not one more minute, not one more penny, maybe you're putting too much into that and not focusing on the good stuff. And maybe you think you have more problems than you really do, or you think there's a frustration that's not really there. All that's possible, but you got to answer that question. If everything was in alignment, would you still go or most of it? And if that answer is yes, then you probably got some work to do on the refocus section of what you need to change as far as your mindset and fill up those mental gas stations and things like that and, and just have a different approach to where you're already at. The second thing is, you really have to ask yourself, are you running away from something or are you running towards something? Because there is a massive difference. Because when you're just running away, everything else looks better. Everything. And I promise you, you're probably going to make a bad decision. And uh, You're not going to think it through. You're not going to be thorough. It's not really going to solve your problems because it doesn't matter where you go. There are going to be challenges and issues and things to deal with. Again, like I said, if you don't have any of those things, are you really leading? Are you really growing and progressing? Probably not. But you got to answer that more than anything else. Are you running away or running toward? And by all means, if you're running toward, you found that thing that is you and you're, you're, 
your lifelong dream, your desire, and you can make it work the right way, go do that 100%. But if you're running away from something or just daydreaming and don't think that you have to work towards something else, that it just looks so good on the other side, I promise you, you're going to make bad decisions. You have to run towards something, have a detailed plan, do the work. It takes stages to get on bigger stages. It works the same for everything. It won't matter what it is. So if you are going towards something else, and that can be as simple as another company, another position, all of that, but run towards something. Don't run away from something. So the ultimate question is who's controlling your destiny? You know, what is now worth versus later? Like, what are you going to have to give to get what you want? Those are a couple different questions you really have to wrestle with. Who's controlling your destiny? Just your mindset, your brain, how you think things are how you respond to things. You say, well, Mark, I got to make my paycheck, dude. I get all that. But it doesn't mean you can't change who you are and get better or look for something different or find something different, start something different, become who you want to become regardless of what's being thrown at you. Because here's the thing, you're frustrated with it or maybe you got a bad boss or, or like I said, a bad culture, but then you're allowing that to, to, to determine who you are. I mean, who's who's really the problem here? Them or you? You got to decide who's in control of your destiny, who's in control of how you're going to be. And is the now worth the later? And what is that difference? What are you willing to give? I mean, would you go to the gym for one week and then say, "Eh, I don't see much happening here, so I'm done. Or one flight lesson. I mean, I certainly resonate with that. I have a private pilot license and no joke on the first lesson I had, I was able to land the plane by myself. And and I've done a lot of flight simulating before that. So I kind of knew how to do it. It is different, much different in a real plane. But if I, what I say after that one lesson, I get the gist. Of course I wouldn't. Or you're in the gym for a week, you're not going to see that difference. So everything kind of flows that way, even in work frustrations. And the circumstances of the change will determine the time it takes. That's the real difference. So if you're operating at a high level and it's a lot harder to get a high level job, well, it's going to take you longer to do that. Just the bottom line. But you got to ask yourself, how do you feel? when your head hits the pillow at night? How do you get to that point where I can just drift off to sleep? I'm good with who I am and where I'm going. Even if you don't have what you want just yet, are you good with you? And don't forget what Dorothy learned at the end of The Wizard of Oz. She had the power all along. It might take you longer, but you had and have the power all along. So my only question to you, what's it going to be? Thank you so much for joining me for another show. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and start up your own discussions on the topic of the show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. And check out the links in the show notes and give us a rating so we know how we're doing and five stars would be pretty sweet. So until next week, remember, you know you have to get work done with other people, but how you get done work with other people is entirely up to you.